0: Hey, Field Hang 10, watch out for a new wave of episodes for Forgotten Cinema Season 9, Forgotten Summer.
1: Ugh, really, baller, a theme season? Let me guess, we're going to talk about films that were released in the coveted summer months that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. You know it, bro. What we liked about them or maybe didn't. But we'll always recommend people check them out. Maybe they'll find their own Forgotten Summer gem. So check out Forgotten Summer wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hold on, gotta catch this wave. We're sitting at this
0: recording booth. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pinto Comics Podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment, for a special limited series called on the QT where we talk Tarantino
1: every week for 10 weeks. A guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from reservoir dogs to once upon a time in Hollywood. So join us starting in may, 2021
0: on the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the forgotten entertainment family. Ooh,
1: That's a bingo. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith. And I'm Andrew Tata. I am a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a freelance writer with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will
0: discuss a film and its connection to the DC animated movie universe, compare it to its original source
1: material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This is yet another DC Animated Podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC Animated Podcast. It's a very special one as we are celebrating Summerween.
0: Yep, if they can do Christmas in July, we're allowed to do Halloween also in the summer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew, codename Arte. Andrew and I have known each other since
0: 1996. That was the year Hellraiser 4 came out. It has demons in it. And that's the only reason we're bringing it up, because it's a terrible movie. But what isn't terrible are the demons that appear in today's movie, Justice League Dark.
1: Yes, we are back with a new team fighting the good fight, but a much darker side. As pointing out really quickly, quick disclaimer, if you have any kids present, this is a R-rated film. This is the first R-rated film in the DC animated movie universe. And the second ever in DC Animation, the first was our secret pilot episode, The Killing Joke.
0: Yes. And unlike The Killing Joke, where it's like, I guess why that's rated R, there is no question why this movie <laughs> is rated R. <laughs> Within the first five minutes,
1: you know. Oh, yeah. This was ooh, this was dark. This is seriously yeah. dark. <laughs> And mainly because we get an intro to DC's possibly creepiest team of heroes from in this 2017 film with Jay Olivia back at the directorial seat as he brings to life this gang of demons, ghouls, and wizards and or or sorcerers. I don't know what the rule is between what's a wizard and what's a sorcerer.
0: I think sorcerer is a proper gender neutral term because we got sorcerers of all kinds in
1: this one. Oh, yes, yes, that's true. And... We also have a new animation studio working with Warner Brothers. We have DR Movie who helped to animate this. You might recognize their work if um, Batman and Harley Quinn and also the anime One Punch Man. Oh, damn. I can see some overlap. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So at a runtime of 75 minutes, we have a hat trick with our DC Trinity returning, as well as some new champions of the green with Roger Cross, not only playing Green Lantern, but also the voice of Swamp Thing. We have Enrico Colantoni as Felix Faust and Alfred Molina as Destiny. And finally, here we have a brand new casting for our entire new team of heroes, Justice League Dark, with Camila Ludington as Zatanna Zatara, Nicholas Torturo as Boston Brand the Dead Man, Ray Chase as the demon who spits fire literally and lyrically, Etrigan, Colleen Villard as Black Orchid, And a quick kudos to the leader of the team, Matt Ryan, who's pulling up with some necromancy on his casting as Constantine. It's amazing to kind of just see Matt Ryan coming back in such a strong way and just dominating this role.
0: Yeah, he had a show on, was it CBS, NBC?
1: I think it was, yeah, I think it was NBC. There's a a good joke about it that comes up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I loved it personally, but it got canceled very quickly. And then they brought his character back for an episode of Arrow. Then they promoted him to Legends of Tomorrow as a regular, where he still is. And on top of all that, he gets to voice Constantine pretty much every time they need Constantine to have a voice.
1: Yeah, it's like we've seen Constantine before, which is the crazy thing in a film production. But I feel like Matt Ryan, he he has this role. There's no one else that can do it anymore. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Come on, Keanu. Leave, leave the roles for everybody else. We know you were Constantine, but whatever.
1: All right. So we're going to dive into the movie now. Starting off with what we're talking about, some very, very dark intro with everybody on the Justice League fighting against regular people.
0: Yeah, these regular people are seeing demons. And because people are people, I guess, they immediately try to kill any demon they see. That's racist. Don't do that, kids. Talk to your demons. The first victim of the demon eyesight thing that's going on, she decides to go GTA and mow down every demon she sees, only for it to turn around and Wonder Woman to show her that she has mowed down pedestrians. And yes, there is blood. (laughs)
1: Yes, so much blood. And then... We jump over the Superman who's also dealing with his own encounter with the demons and people seeing them as he stops a father from shooting his family and as Superman tries to stop him the man keeps saying that you know he has to stop them because his family has been affected the same way that his neighbors were affected and they head over to his backyard shed and they see bodies and blood in the shed just strung up and it's it's already just getting darker and darker and then we dive into the next dark hero with Batman in his encounter.
0: And of course, they saved the darkest scene for last because we have a mother who sees that her baby appears to be a demon. And she is preparing to throw the baby off of a roof. So Batman comes in and says, hey, you're tired. You want to you wanna rest? But she throws the baby over. Batman swings in, catches the baby. But a second later, he hears a thud. And the mother has jumped off the building and committed suicide. And Batman just looks down at the baby and says, I am so sorry. Credits. (laughs) 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 This is this intro will either make you want to stop and say, like, okay, maybe this isn't the right movie for me or you'll be instantly hooked to see where the movie could possibly go after such a stunning and sad opening.
1: Yes, definitely. And we jump into now the team, Justice League is now meeting in their watchtower or central headquarters. I'm assuming it's the watchtower. I think they've they've established it at this point, yeah. And they're watching videos. They're seeing now that this isn't just random occurrences. This is happening all around the world. Uh, We got a chance to see some more members of our team from previous movies. We are missing Aquaman and Shazam. Uh, We also are missing Green Lantern, but actually not missing Green Lantern because we now have our new Green Lantern, Jon Stewart. Very happy to see the appearance of this dude. Let's go. And he immediately is like looking over at
0: Batman, like, oh God, that guy's friendly. (laughs) And he also complains, rightfully so, that the one week that hal asked for him to cover this is the week they're dealing with demons and not like hairy monsters it's like he has to do (laughs) some real work here yeah and the league basically goes it's probably magic and batman's like "Mm, is it though and they're like yo batman um raven right wonder woman
1: (laughs) were we not just possessed by demons like in the like just the last movie (laughs) come on guy Batman, being the man of science that he is, decides to write off all magic, heads home. He's now out of the suit. He's shaving. <laughs> just There's nothing there. Just, I just want to point that. There was yeah, nothing it, on his face. No stubble. And rightfully so, he ends up cutting himself. Once he starts walking away, he starts seeing the name Constantine being written all over on his walls, on his mirrors. And it's at this moment he realizes that he has to find out Who this person is as we cut to a scene it's kind of a flashback i want to say i think there was at one point there was a time marker and it's john constantine and his colleague jason blood they're playing poker with the demons three in in a rather high stakes game they're like literally betting the house as constantine bets the house with mystery and the demons three are cheating him out of everything (laughs)
0: Yeah, they're they're manipulating, and they're getting straight flushes and everything. It looks like they got this wrapped up, but Constantine pulls a little magic of his own, and he cheats to reverse their cheating, and it breaks out into a big fight with them, and Constantine tries to use his infinite ice blade, but he starts freezing. So his human-looking friend, he says the spell, and all of a sudden, his human friend turns into Etrigan, the demon Etrigan, Etragon—they're really unclear about that.
1: <laughs> I think it depends on how well it could rhyme. Like <laughs> if it's like whenever they need them, it's just like, listen, if we need to summon Etragon, or if we need to bring forth the human Etrigan. <laughs> I think uh, that's when there's just yeah, it's it's like Eminem. Like you know, it if, <laughs> if, if you like it flex your voice just enough, it sounds like it rhymes. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense to me. So this goes into an all-out battle with Etrigan. Slicing off the heads of the Demons Three, the Demons 3 their brothers, and they're telling Constantine that we got you where something big is coming, you know, watch your back. And as their heads are literally rolling to hell, Etrigan comes back into his human form of Jason Blood. This leads into an argument between him and Constantine about how Jason has kept Etrigan within him for, for years and is not right for him to bring forward Etrigan at this point. Constantine's like, I don't care, which is a typical Constantine attitude if you're not too familiar with the character. Walks into the house of mystery, which has now appeared in front of the place that they were playing poker at. And as more and more of this time passes of Constantine walking around with his house, at the same time, Batman has now headed over to meet a good friend of his by the name of Zatanna.
0: I do have to say real quick that the soundtrack to this movie, the main theme is a bop like this <laughs> this techno dark song they came up with. I was like, "Hey, let's go! We're vibing. This is Justice League Dark. People are gonna die, tons of people." But the music is just so good. I, I kudos, kudos. Uh, just had to say
1: it. You know, I might add this to my Halloween playlist.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, forget the Monster Mash. Just play this one. Your guests will be confused, but you'll have the better songs.
1: Yeah. So as Batman heads over to this somewhat Vegas kind of show where Zatanna is performing, she's really just wowing the crowd. And there's like elephants appearing out of nowhere. There's like feathers and things are blowing up left and right. And it's just like, at, this is, it's clear that this isn't your typical smoke and mirrors kind of show. There's some real magic happening here.
0: Yeah, because if there wasn't real magic, PETA would be on her ass because the things she doing do <laughs> into these elephants that she claims aren't real, but I'm not too sure about it, uh, <laughs> would definitely <laughs> attract attention. But uh, Batman comes in and says, hey, you know where Constantine is? And she's like, no. Until uh, Boston Deadman himself flies in and says, yo, stop playing around, we gotta tell Batman and he jumps into Batman's body for two seconds but because Batman's mind has been forged on these streets (laughs) he can't hold it for long and
1: Batman throws Boston out of his body for my my West Indian Caribbean people out there, this is when your parent will look at Batman and is like this man is too hard headed that is basically (laughs) what this was and Zatanna decides, like, all right, it's time to go. And she's talking to Boston the entire time. Batman doesn't know what's going on. And Batman just keeps doing this thing where he just reminds me more and more of The Witcher, of Henry Cavill's oh, yes. The Witcher. And he's just like, hmm. <laughs> it's just as he's learning more and more about magic, his way of not of accepting it isn't just to be excited about seeing all these new crazy things. It's just to... I'm gonna hold back my excitement and show y'all that like I'm I have you have piqued my interest so they're now driving over to the house of mystery where in the Batmobile Batman is talking to Zatanna Boston Brand is geeking out in the back seat knowing given the fact that he's now driving the Batmobile with Batman and she mentions to Batman who Boston is and batman kind of tells like oh yeah i've heard this person's name before and again boston brand is like that one random kid who ends up meeting his heroes and just geeks out the entire time through this movie which i love
0: yeah and he is uh i guess batman just knows circus performers since he abducted one after (laughs) his parents were murdered um but yeah we, we get a little bit of boston we just know he's a womanizer And we're like, okay, so what's the flashback going to be? And he's doing an acrobatics performance in the past. And a freaking sniper shoots him in the chest during a performance.
1: Mid-air. Do you know the accuracy you need to have? Was it dead shot? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he was dead from that shot, indeed. (laughs) Yes, yes. Man, uh, that just
0: seeing that savagery, it was like, okay, I can see why after he got shot, a goddess was like, yo, that was messed up. I'm mm-hmm. going to bring you back as a ghost and let you possess bodies whenever you want. Because <laughs> what that was savage. That was just the most savage thing I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. So as they're driving over to the House of Mystery, uh, Batman has it somehow in his GPS. He sees us moving around. And Zatanna explains to him that the House of Mystery does that. As they get closer and closer, they get attacked by a tornado, And it takes the Batmobile, sucks them in, and it's just ready to kill them. They don't know what's going on. So the only thing that they can do is to magically eject themselves from the Batmobile. And we have the first loss on our team as the Batmobile is completely just destroyed as it gets flung back out from this tornado. And I just want to have a moment of silence for the coolest car on four wheels, man.
0: Wow. It's like he's going to bring out
1: his secondary
0: one (laughs) because we know he has. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So we head over to the house of mystery. Everybody meets up. They're introduced to Constantine and Black Orchid, who is also there. She is the spiritual embodiment of the house, which was at first was just kind of funny because Zatanna thought it was just another one of Constantine's um, random hookups. And when he explains to her what was truly happening there, it kind of shows that there's something going on between Constantine and Zatanna. There is a a love that probably just wasn't really, that didn't go well for them.
0: Mm -hmm. And after, like, analyzing them, she does a quick analysis of Batman, one of my favorite lines in the movie, where she goes to Batman and goes, you have so much darkness with you, how do you cope with it? And he goes, I have a butler. (laughs) it's not an answer batman but i'll take hey it's
1: alfred i think that's a perfect answer (laughs) go to a therapist (laughs) so they're trying to figure out what's been going on constantine does this magic where he sees the um gets an update about all the visions that's been happening with the people and he realizes that the only way that they can truly figure out what to do next is if they go visit his friend Richie Simpson it's this guy who used to work with them but clearly there's some there's some tension in that relationship as well and as they head over to the house Constantine sees that the entire building is just shrouded with these grim reapers kind of looking like the mentors from Harry Potter they're they just are. circling around the house. They are. They really are. I'm
0: just going to say, it's, it's a Warner Brothers property. <laughs> we can just call them Dementors. They
1: do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so as they head on over to the front door, these Dementors are like really actually talking with them, which is wild to me as They're talking to Constantine, and it's just like, they really, it's almost like it's a gang fight almost, because it's like, yo, how dare you come and step up here? You know, you've escaped us and whatnot. Like, we're ready to go right now. We're ready to take your soul. And Constantine's just not having it. Then they head over to Batman, and they were like, yo, this dude has been escaping us for for years. It's like, it's too many times. We're going to come for you too. And Batman can't see none of this. Uh, this is one point. Batman cannot see these dementors the at all, but he looks them dead in the eye and just says, "Boo!" And all of the dementors shook. shook. All of them. All of them shook. Like it's,
0: yeah. Why are you gonna mess with Batman? Look, he's been out in these streets too long. You can't possess him. <laughs> you can't collect his soul. Just, just leave
1: Batman alone. You don't want the smoke. You don't. Word. He's got a butler, man. Yeah. As they head into Richie's house now, because Constantine has done some magic to blow all the dementors the away, they they're talking with him and it's clear now that Richie is, is, is dying. That's the main reason why the Dementors are there. Uh he's got some kind of magical cancer. That's all his words, things? not ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> he talks with them he shares what's going on he has a bit more respect for satana and batman that he does for by which i mean richie he has more respect for Satana and than batman than he does for constantine and only really engages with them so he gives them this key this uh it's supposed to help them enter someone's mind and see their memories because they figured that the best way that they could figure out what's going on is to actually see one of the victims who is in the hospital. And as they get this key, they head over to the hospital where I, I just want to say that at this point, the shit literally almost hit the fan at this point. <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Uh, because while Constantine and Zatanna are going around messing with this guy's memories, who's in the asylum they visited, Batman and Deadman have to deal with a poop monster because for some reason, whoever's after them, send a monster made of all the sewage in the hospital and it just starts rampaging. And Batman, probably used to dealing with the sewers all the time, is ready for this. He's like, all right, I got some batarangs. I guess I'll try doing this. And every, so many people are dying. There's so many innocent (laughs) nurses and doctors that get, like, burned alive somehow. It's horrifying. It's horrifying.
1: (laughs) This is the real reason why this movie was rated R. Ain't nobody need to see that shit.
0: (laughs) No, It's all over the walls. As Constantine makes sure of that, Constantine gets out just in time, explodes the monster. The janitor probably quit that day. And... (laughs) Now they have the information. They want to divine where the person is, but they can't do it alone. So Constantine uses his mosquito killing spell and visits the swamp to add one more member to Justice League Dark.
1: Yes, and here we get introduced to Swamp Thing. He is a being that is completely composed of the green. His name is Alec Holland. It's this former plant scientist scientist, he, you might have seen him a couple times in a couple of other DC productions, also including the live action series that lasted all of one episode actually before it got canceled.
0: Well, uh, well, it, I, I saw it to the end, it had like eight or nine, but someone messed up the tax credits and the show lost a bunch of money. So, financially, they literally couldn't continue. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm.
1: So they talk with him, they show him some stuff, they're like trying to work with him. And then also, at the same time, it, they realize that they need to go and fight against Felix Faust. This, they, one of the things that they gather from their search is that there is this ring that the victim has seen while he was being attacked. And this ring looks very similar to something that Felix Faust might wear. So they decide that this is the time to go check him out with the help of um, Swamp Thing, who at first doesn't really want to have, doesn't want to do anything with Justice League Dark. It doesn't work out in terms of like finding the exact answer, but I do want to say that this fight with Felix Faust was probably the biggest level of magical power that I've ever seen being released from these heroes. It was Truly amazing to see them all band together in Justice League Dark, and just like each time that you thought that someone was down and out, they just kept going.
0: Yeah, and it was hard to beat Faust because he's powered by sexism. So uh, <laughs> he uh, he literally has a spell that doesn't allow women to speak in his presence. This guy mm-hmm. is in every internet forum at the same time. That is his magical power. Like he is the ultimate incel, and Faust is giving the business to everybody. Batman is doing his best. But again, like many other Justice League team-ups, he's he's helping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he helps. He, hel- he He gets a nice assist where he gets Faust's spellbook and gives it to Constantine. But for most of the battle, he's functionally useless.
1: And I did love this one moment that did happen where Zatanna, she... They, one of the things that Zatanna struggles with throughout the entire film is this idea of magic being used to hurt people. She is a person who usually brings joy and light to people of all, whether you're a magic user or not, as a way to really kind of push forward and lift up the world. So when she sees all these things that Constantine does and the people that he's associating himself with and um, what they have to do in order to get to their end goal, she's She struggles with that. She's been struggling with it since going back, actually, to even before, I forgot about this, but before that fight with Felix Faust, they um, find out about this thing that comes into play called the Dreamstone, which might be causing, which also might be causing some of the things that are going on. As they save Richie, who's about to die, as they head back to find out some more stuff from him, they see Jason Blood is in the house with Richie, holding over his body, almost looking as if he's trying to kill Richie. And they stop him. And it was at that moment where they revealed everything about the Dreamstone and how it's affecting people's minds. And they figured that through that and also the power of Felix Faust that maybe he truly is the culprit. But in this fight that she realizes how much is at stake, she goes ham. Like she breaks the spell that Felix Faust has put on her. And she's just like, she's, it's almost as if you're seeing an archangel go into. the to battle the way that Mm -hmm. she's fighting against Felix Faust like every hand is being thrown and it's just Felix Faust can't keep up so you know take that sexism and Mm -hmm. as Felix finally submits um, they show him why they're there and that's when he says that you know this isn't anything connected to what I'm doing I don't know what you're talking about you all came here to my house and attacked me
0: I was just complaining about Ghost vs. 2016 online, and then you guys busted in. You know, it's like <laughs> that, that was his opinion. But yeah, so it turns out that they're like, wait a minute. That Dreamstone, the other half of it is in our house. And right now we brought Richie back to our house, but he can't do anything because he's dying. Mm-hmm. And Batman goes, is he? <laughs> the delivery is fantastic. Is and of so course, good. Richie isn't. Uh, so, <laughs> Richie steals that Dreamstone. He makes Orchid walk into a fire and burn because, mm-hmm. again, this is an R rated film. And Justice League Dark realizes they gotta go
1: fight Richie now. Mm hmm. And during this fight, Richie was saying that he was using the stone to heal himself, to get back the magical power that he used to have. And the more and more he's talking about this, the more and more Constantine's trying to reason with him and letting him know that like, this isn't the way, mainly because everything that you've done wasn't based off of your own thinking. You're being manipulated by the dream stone, which, real quick, is this the same dream song from Wonder Woman 1984?
0: Uh, no, no, I think I, I was thinking about that. Um, yeah. But I think it is a different stone because this one does not explicitly grant wishes. So yeah. I think it's different. And also, like, I don't really want to think about Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> so that also might have something to do with it.
1: All right. Yeah, that's good point. Good point. Let's get back to our movie. That was a quick interjection. But, um, but yeah, as Constantine's telling him that, yo, you're, you're not in control at all. This is when the Dreamstone just starts to expand a bit more and puts itself onto Richie's chest, turning him into this skull-like figure that looks... Just for reference, it looks kind of like Skeletor from um, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, it pulls him into this nightmarish look. And this is the reincarnated, but quite disfigured body of the person who used the Dreamstone in the past, Destiny.
0: Yes. And Destiny's power with the Dreamstone, again, he can make people see those demonic visions. So everybody in the streets is just beating the hell out of each other. Just random citizens beating the hell. And Batman's like, oh, I called the Justice League. And they're like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Because Green Lantern flies in. He almost kills Batman. But in a very nice callback to the first Justice League movie in this universe, Batman steals the Green Lantern ring and reduces um john to a normal person i i really like that so so small but just shows they're paying attention yes
1: you know i gotta i gotta ask this question man because i like, i'm hope there's gotta be at some point in these at some point in the future can we just get batman put him on oa for a quick second i just want to see him going around grabbing the rings real quick from people. <laughs> <laughs> this- Hands full of rings, like exactly. <laughs> yeah, th-
0: uh, let's see it. Let's uh, hashtag Jay Olivia. Olivia, sorry.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, J- yeah, Jay Olivia. Can we get a movie sometime in the future of just Batman exploring Oa and just being a pickpocket? Can Can we do it, please?
0: Doesn't just- matter which one. Pattinson, right. Bale, I don't care. Just put one of them in there. and Just have them steal some rings.
1: <laughs> so Destiny is now just attacking the city also ends up destroying the house, the house of mystery, and they're able to to escape in time, but as things are just burning all around them, this is when Constantine pulls the one ace, the last ace that he has up his sleeve, going back to our card game from earlier in this movie, (laughs) uh, as he summons Swamp Thing, who attacks destiny because he's just like yo you messing with the green man like how dare you destroy my my world
0: that's really all you have to do just light a plant on fire so do not smoke weed around <laughs> around swamp thing it might not turn out well for you but in any case swamp thing is really handling business he's he's looks like he could pull this win off by himself but destiny says, hey weren't you like someone who died in a swamp and then you were kind of reincarnated as a swamp creature and swamp things like yeah why and destiny's like hey you want to see your skeleton and pulls out swamp thing's skeleton shows it for everybody to see and lets it disintegrate and after that swamp thing is like you know what Y'all could have this one by yourselves, and just leaves.
1: <laughs> Which is again why this movie is rated R. Like I, we saw some gruesome things already throughout the this journey that we've been on with like cyborgs beating heart and a couple other hearts being pulled out. But we we've, we've never seen whole bodies. We've never seen any of this stuff that's coming up, man. Like this is. This is the this is the Justice League that wasn't made for the kids probably.
0: No, no, no. This is no Zack Snyder's Justice League where it's like, okay, there's some violent scenes, but you know, overall a kid could watch it. No, don't. Don't take your kids to this one. No. Yeah, nope. Have them watch Teen Titans go. You know, yeah. be safe. But yes. <laughs> this one is just so gruesome all the way through and surprisingly the first part of the climax is not that bloody. Constantine just talks so much that Destiny is so pissed off that Destiny pulls him inside of his like protective aura and says, all right, what are you going to do now, Constantine? You're right here. You think your magic could do anything? He's like, yeah, not really. But Dead Man's can. And Dead Man jumps out of Constantine's body, jumps into Destiny's body. Constantine uses this moment to smash the Dreamstone and send Destiny back to. uh, uh Does he live in hell? I- I'm not sure. Is he really yeah, Trigon?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like next door neighbors. Des- Destiny never mows his lawn, and Trigon's been filing a complaint with the <laughs> Homeowners Association since then. <laughs> and not only does Destiny go to hell, but Richie is also dragged as insurance that Destiny could never come back. Also, at one point during the battle, Destiny separated Etrigan and Jason Blood. And we actually lose another member of our team with Jason Blood, who has succumbed to his mortal wounds. They bury him in a place near his, of his old village. And um, you seen him being buried by Satana, Constantine, and Etrigan.
0: And as soon as Etrigan leaves, Constantine puts those moves on Satana. Mm -hmm. (laughs) next to next to his friend's grave Jesus and um, they decide to give a relationship a shot Constantine Mm -hmm. also decides maybe I'll give joining the big OG Justice League a shot and the house pulls up real smooth like Mm -hmm. just when he needs it Satana and Constantine go have a drink dead man flies in to talk to Orchid can he, I don't know if he can physically interact with Orchid. She's also a house, technically, <laughs> I guess. And uh <laughs> there's your happily ever after, too. <laughs> Justice League Dark.
1: Yeah. It was such a happy ending for such a dark movie. <laughs> Out of 10 Dreamstones, how many Dreamstones would you give this movie?
0: Well, you know, normally Dreamstones would be my worst nightmare, but here. I'll, I'm going to give give this 8 Dreamstones out of 10 for me. I think you had a very solid narrative with not too many characters. Every character that is introduced gets at least a little something to do. Dead man is the probably the only one with no character development, but I mean <laughs> he, he speaks in a Boston accent. What else do you need? Um, <laughs> so everyone really gets equal character development there is no forced romance between superman and wonder woman oh, this um, <laughs> is a nice relief uh no random members of the bat family show up and leave so yeah everybody has a purpose i also love that batman is basically useless for 90 percent of the film i he's there for moral support mainly but he's he can't do anything this entire movie
1: yes i i agree i actually scored it a little bit lower for seven dreamstones but i agree because really just only because um i just felt like again batman didn't really have a a purpose in this movie i felt like this could have been a great movie without having like a justice league or actually if you just changed up who was the justice league person that was connected to it like I feel like you could have gone it could have been well if we did like uh superman we already know that superman gets like destroyed whenever he sees a card trick so Mm -hmm. even nice to see like how does he compete against a world where he is literally the weakest person or even with um wonder woman like just thinking about if we had to choose from anyone from the trinity wonder woman has this deep connection to the magical world given her background, it would have been awesome to see her kind of interact and being that these two, these two are individuals who are, you know, seen as the shining pillars of what it means to be right and justice. And then it's like, here we have them now working alongside a more darker team. I really feel like it could have been awesome to see them work in this new light. And the main reason why I'm also saying Wonder Woman is because there is a recent comic book series in which she joins Justice League Dark.
0: I guess the only R. J. (laughs) alteration I would put in is I just think Destiny is so boring. (laughs) Oh, yes. He's such a boring villain. I don't like villains anymore who are just like, I'm going to take over the world. That was fine and dandy. You know, 10, even, yeah, even, yeah, I would say 10 is a safe amount. But now in this era where you have Thanos and Darkseid and Killmonger and all these great villains, you want your villain to have something deeper going on. So I would have, if you want to do the Richie twist, I'm fine with that. But I think you can let him carry it to the end. I don't think you need to do a whole thing where it's like, oh, Jason Blood had this ancient grudge and he resolves it and but. We we don't need any of that. We can just go to how about Constantine has a grudge with his friend who he gave demonic cancer and the only way his friend can do that is by making people see demons and then he just completely goes off the rails and then the climax can be pretty much the same just with someone we actually got to know rather than a faceless skeleton dude who's like, I want a demo." It's like, okay. Go ahead. Just why do you got to do all this? Faust would have been fun.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, Faust would have been just, just, yeah. I think I agree that Destiny wasn't isn't the strongest villain. He's not the first one I think come to mind uh, when I think of like a Justice League dark villain. And it would have been great to have Felix Faust be that main villain that they have to face off against because that battle. Was such an amazing battle that personally, I think if it wasn't for the the wow factor that they went with and the um, it with destiny being the villain of like taking out Swamp Thing skeleton and separating Jason Blood and having the Justice League come in to help with that fight, that one battle with Felix Faust and Zatanna would have been a perfect way to end that whole in, entire dynamic that they had, given the fact that. was it we had Constantine stop her from going too far Mm -hmm. and definitely could have done a lot more agree with Richie I felt like you know they they, they introduced him just to just to have him die basically (laughs) yeah and that that's
0: the yeah it's a crazy thing because they they also sidelined Zatanna after the Faust battle because she I guess she's supposed to be weaker but for some reason she's strong enough to hold back Superman in the final battle Mm-hmm. but if they had richie who she has a connection with and clearly has a relationship and forced her to confront him or he like keeps her out of the battle for her own sake because he likes actually likes her and genuinely likes her and respects her you know you could have done something interesting with it instead of this like i think that's why they kept satana out because there was mm-hmm. nothing in the battle of destiny that she really had to do so they kind of sidelined her so yeah, I think I think a more interesting villain would have helped. I still gave it a relatively high rating because maybe I'm still reeling from bad blood and <laughs> I'm overcompensating. Um. But uh, I also think if you want to just jump in and you don't know anything about the universe and you want to have a good spooky time during Summerween, you can pop this in with very little knowledge of what's going on, and you can completely follow. You get the characters, the, you see their humanity, their their failings, their uprisings. So I think that's why I think it, it for me it's a it's a very easily accessible and it's a good quality story overall. That is definitely not perfect. It's no what, what was our perfect one?
1: Oh yeah, Batman versus Robin. Yeah, yeah it,
0: it's definitely not there. It's yeah. it's
1: not there, but
0: it's it's a good time.
1: Yeah. But for the most part, I really enjoyed getting to know this team. I feel like this is like a, a new, a wonderful new addition to the ever expanding um, Justice League roster. You know, they finally got them some, you know, when it comes to the dark and the supernatural stuff, we got them some freelancers.
0: Let's get a message from our sponsor that has to do with freelancers as well, Fiverr.
1: Do you need a freelancer to help you with your website or WordPress site? or an expert presentation designer to help with that big work project. Or
0: maybe you just need someone to write expert articles and blogs for that website. Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr.
1: You can find designers, programmers, and more in seconds, some for as low as $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with your pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off to the races.
0: Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in the description of this episode to get started.
1: Please note that Yet Another DC Animated Podcast is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link below.
0: These commissions help support the growth of Yet Another DC Animated Podcast, so we appreciate your continued support
1: all right so that was our film now it's time to dive into that comic book knowledge as we explore all the comic book influences that led to this movie and to be honest there are too many (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it is such a journey I will honestly say that I probably will get some things wrong mainly because we're talking about first and foremost Constantine has over 300 issues of history to go through. Slight reading. Just a slight reading. And that is just through through solo comics. So to combine him with Justice League Dark, I was very much intimidated, which is why I'm going to be calling this episode and this part of it, Are You Afraid of the Justice League Dark? (laughs) That's a that's a Nickelodeon reference, kids. Yes. (laughs) So Constantine, who is this guy? We got a chance to meet him. He is a very witty, sarcastic, very proud man. I will say he is a an occult detective with, uh, as I mentioned, his history is just too rich to really put into our just one episode. So I encourage you to find some ways to read upon his character, watch some of his series that he's come out with, and also his movies. He first appeared as a cameo in the saga Swamp Thing, issue number 25, back in June of 1984. As you can see, like there's a strong connection that he has to Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing came out beforehand, and also which is why he made it into this film. Um, but Constantine himself actually didn't get his full reveal until 12 issues later in that same series. So for my comic book people out there, you know comic books come out monthly. That means that Constantine didn't get his full reveal until a year later. Sure. Well, it was worth the wait. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely was because he just blew up since then. Uh, he was created by Alan Moore, Steve Bissett, and John Toleman. And he was always referred to in his own series as the Hellblazer. He was the co- protagonist in that series which ran is for quite some time actually it's just recently if not ended might get picked back up um because i can see it getting picked back up this is the la- longest running series in dc history with approximately 300 issues Whew. and the stories man they're they're rich this is a combination with dc and their other publication service vertigo vertigo is dc's more mature content platform where they are able to put forward the nudity and all the other things hence why constantine is just always smoking
0: <laughs> though he doesn't smoke in does he smoke in this movie? oh
1: yeah he smokes like crazy all of his you know he's the real reason why there's smoking mirrors and magic <laughs> It's all him Uh, backstage. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And fun fact, his physical design was actually inspired by Sting.
0: I can see it.
1: Yeah. I can see it. You really see it more because you realize that Constantine is Stingable from London. He was this Liverpool-born character who they wanted to create a working-class man who found his way into the occult. And hence why Constantine's always pictured wearing this long trench coat, which also has a history of its own, a loose tie. And he just looks like it's he just looks like he's been at the bar since like 530 <laughs> p.m. You know, he probably just ran a little late at work
0: and probably has the guy drinks a
1: lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Even though he does drink and smoke a lot, he actually does not do any of the hard drugs. That's probably for the best. Yeah. He has a he has a standard, and in fact, in many comic book stories, whenever he sees somebody taking part in any of these harder drugs, he calls them a bastard, shames them for their for their lack of restraints and, and not being able to control themselves, and just walks out the room while smoking the cigarette and drinking some liquor.
0: That is why he is not a rehab coach. You know, he is just a guy, just a yeah. dabbler and the mystic
1: arts and his history has changed over the years but his look and his style has pretty much stayed the same his story goes where he killed his brother in the womb and his birth led to the death of his mother so that caused more of a strain in his relationship and his upbringing and later on he was trained in the mystical arts by his older sister but then that was the dc vertigo version We eventually had to change that because as Constantine got more and more popular, they wanted to include him in the DC universe, which meant that we had to tone down his upbringing. And they changed it where he was more of a a kid who was always magically inclined, casted his first spell at a young age. He does have this connection with Satana and another magic user who trained him. They completely erased his family from the timeline Um, He ends up being trained in the mystical arts. He really falls in love with the punk rock scene, which I'll talk about a bit more because not only do I want to talk about Constantine, the the comic book character, but also Constantine, the movie and television character. Mm -hmm. He falls in love with the punk rock scene and that leads with him teaming up, meeting and teaming up with Satana and another character who he's able to, where he gets his trench coat from. This person is someone that Constantine does love and Constantine is actually a bisexual man, which we do end up seeing in further stories and iterations that um, he ends up being put in. But he does have this connection to Satana. They do have a relationship, which does get explored a lot in the Justice League Dark series. And as we talk about Justice League Dark now, uh this is a really relatively new series. At the time of this now that we're talking about this, they haven't even hit their 10 year mark yet as being put together as a team.
0: They're fresh like the New York Nets. I think they're I think they're less than 10 years old, right?
1: Yeah, I think they might be less than 10 years old. I'm just thinking about when the Barclays Center was put together. Um hey, We got sports
0: references here. We got sports.
1: Yes, we know sports. <laughs> <laughs> so Justice League Dark was created by Mikkel Jannon and Peter Milligan. But it actually, this was when the series itself was first created back in 2011. And it lasted for about 40 issues. But the true team is actually credited to back in the 80s with Swamp Thing issue number 49, in which Alan Moore put together a team very similar to the one that we kind of see in, in this film, they band together for just one case and the next issue they actually see a full cover shot of the whole team together fighting the good fight with swamp thing leading the team but they get reintroduced in this new 52 world and in that team it consists of john constantine who leads the team himself madame xanadu who's this mystic fortune teller um originally from a series called doorway the nightmare we also have Dead Man, who we saw in the films, the ghost of an assassinated acrobat. We also have Shade, the changing man, who I will be talking about in a little bit because he actually has some ties to Flashpoint. And last but not least, we also have Zatanna, who we saw in the film, love the fact that she can cast the spells by speaking backwards. So they are now just in the New 52 universe. They're first put together because the Justice League actually lost a battle against Enchantress. Oh, God. Uh, Enchantress.
0: Sorry, Suicide Squad. PTSD.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. And it it gets worse, man. They lose this battle. They are completely decimated, not killed. Um, And man, Madam Xanadu is just like, yo, if this team can't handle Enchantress we need to put together a team to handle the magical threats because as I mentioned Wonder Woman knows about the good side of magic she has some connections to the darker side given the fact that it's the gods and we know how Greek mythology is and then we also have Superman who again as soon as you see a rabbit get pulled out of a hat runs away in fear I'm sorry for any Superman fans out there I just find this to be the most ridiculous thing to be <laughs> weak, in, weak against like magic of all things <laughs> Just any magic, just show
0: him a card trick and there you go. You beat Superman.
1: (laughs) So when the team gets defeated, Madame Xanadu decides to put together this new team to face off against Enchantress because Enchantress has been split from her host, June Moon. And in order to save them both, they have to find a way to put them back together and they learned that Madame Xanadu is the reason why this split actually happened because she wanted to put together this team. So again, a lot of like Raven vibes from back with um, why the Teen Titans were put first put together. So to have it now that this new team finds out about what truly happened, that's when Madame Xanadu reveals to them that something much bigger is about to happen when they see all these visions of a darker future. And they decide that maybe it is best for them to keep together for the sole purpose of ensuring that this dark future doesn't happen this apocalypse and that is really what I got for you for Justice League Dark man as I mentioned they were just this was a 40 issue run with Constantine really kind of like holding it down because of his own history with like being the protagonist of the Hellblazer comics but most of my knowledge from Justice League Dark kind of ties into this movie and And also a little bit from like appearances in the animated series, but also live action, like Justice League Dark, these characters have been around for a while, but they each had an opportunity to be seen either animated or live action. So going back to... To Constantine, we've seen his show through NBC, the jump that he made over to the Arrowverse and now being a regular in that series. And then eventually Matt Ryan holding down that role and he's continuing to go strong. Zatanna, she's been in animated series for quite some time, always teamed up with Batman and also in the Young Justice series where she's like really killing it there, which I I love her story arc in that show as well. We also got Swamp Thing, who we mentioned had his live-action appearance, although short-lived. It really shows this, like, darker side of the DC universe because all of these comics are a bit more on the uh, mature content side. But now we're diving into this more mystic era of DC knowledge, which I think DC does a really great job in exploring, given the fact that a lot of their heroes do have this, like tied to magic in some way and the last thing i want to bring up too is that the connections to flashpoint which i love in these comics in particular so i think back when i first read flashpoint i mentioned to to you all that this was like 60 something comics yeah (laughs) (laughs) too many comics but three three of those actually did have to deal with this somewhat version of the team called the secret seven shade the changing man was the leader of this form this kind of form of justice league dark that they actually had in that universe and we did get a chance to see some of these people pop up and then also we had um boston brand who boston brand the dead man who who was also part of the flashpoint storyline very similar thing he actually was a part of Haley's circus, the circus that Nightwing was a part of when he was a kid. So in that series, same thing does happen. He does get killed and he's now in charge of not only trying to find his killer, but also he's guiding the Flashpoint Nightwing along his journey. This team really kind of started out a little bit and then now to bring them forward in the new 52 universe, it's great because they ended up having some big tie-in stories with the Justice League. And even though their series what did end up being short-lived, I'm very glad to see that they're here now in this particular movie universe. Also, that they're growing into characters not only that are just within the books, but also expanding out to the animated verse and then now to the live-action universe.
0: Yeah, these guys are fun. <laughs> like, I, I just love watching them do things differently. And it's not always just like a punch fest and it's how, what mystic solutions can we come up with? And I think though, I don't know if it'll ever happen because I know it's been teased a bunch of time, like Guillermo del Toro's justice league dark for the big screen, but I would love to see a big screen extravaganza that comes down to spells and wizardry instead of just Batman Batmobile shoot shoot punch Superman Wonder Woman sword Aquaman throw trident you know I want to see some more something more than lasers let's get some Swamp Thing let's get Dead Man in there played by Matt Damon and oh uh, yes <laughs> just have him or Mark Wahlberg in voiceover yes. either or full Boston accents just like I don't care you don't even have to put him in costume they can be there with mocap suits I'll I'll watch it. I'll watch it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. Like, I definitely am very much looking forward to seeing how this team comes up again in the future. Um, We're not leaving Constantine or this team behind um, anytime soon. So I'm very glad about that. And they, it will be some time before we do see them, but I'm very much looking forward where they are going to be on their next stages. Um, But before we meet them again, we are going to be heading back to a team that we once met before
0: yeah a team that also has some problems with some demons mm-hmm. because one of them is related because it's raven and we're <laughs> doing the team <Teen> titans again
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes but well, i gotta admit man i'm excited for this story it is a classic and i'm very much looking forward to how they put it together in this newer and probably a bit more because in the next couple of films that we're about to see are going to be rated R. So, yeah, so um, parents- Keep the kids. Yes.
0: (laughs) Keep the kids away.
1: (laughs) Until then, take care of yourselves and practice a magical spell or two.
0: And if you see a demon on the street, don't kill it right away. See what it's about. See if your eyes change back. Just give it a minute. Don't be racist towards demons. (laughs)
1: Now that we've finished talking about our DC animated content, here are some recommended readings for you. All these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop, so remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall, and tell them Andrew and Shamar sent you. The first comic on our list is Justice League Dark Volume 1. This 2011 comic series collects the first couple of New 52 issues of this team coming together to stop a version of Enchantress that even the OG Justice League can't defeat. Next we have Justice League action, Zombie King. Not a comic, but this 2017 episode sees Bats team up with the Swamp Thing and Satana as this mini version of the JLD faces off against Solomon Gundy who creates an undead army in New Orleans. It's only 11 minutes, but don't worry, this isn't the last time they make an appearance in the animated series. Last, we have Justice League Only a Dream. This two-part episode from 2003, as a part of the Tim First Justice League animated series, sees an origin story for Dr. Destiny, who is designed very similarly to his DCAMU counterpart. Although he only faces off against the OG League, this version of him has been the best in my opinion. That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC Animated Podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.